It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. As ever, it is a pleasure to have you listening to us. Let me introduce you to today's special guest. Phil Haslam is the Managing Director Europe at Guthy Renker. That puts him in charge of what Guthy Renker do in the UK, Ireland, Germany, Scandinavia and beyond. That includes seven different skincare brands, each with their own distinct online-only e-commerce business, including Proactive, which is the biggest acne brand in the USA, and Sheercover, among others. You've probably seen their TV ads. Hi, Phil. I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business and where you are now. So how did you get started in e-commerce? Um, thank you, Chloe. So I have always been in direct marketing. I came out of university and was a marketing assistant in a very small mail-order book club. Um, but by being in direct marketing, even back in the 90s, um, that that led you into e-commerce quite quickly, particularly in book clubs, because Amazon was such a key threat. Um, so even back in, in the late 1990s, we had websites up and transactional websites ready to try and keep up with Amazon, which proved a rather tough challenge from there onwards. So from that point, uh, I've stayed all the way through with e-commerce. I moved to Guthy Renko in 2008. Guthy Renko is more of a TV-driven direct marketer, and they actually didn't have any websites in 2008. So my first job was actually to build those websites and really get the company into a digital focus. Oh, excellent. So you, you were right in at the beginning due to the Amazon threat then? It, absolutely. I mean, mail-order book clubs tend to be at the the last people to catch up with anything. I mean, they're very, very traditional. <laughs> but but when Amazon turned up, suddenly we were, we were at the forefront. And of course, it's it's so it works so well for um, book clubs because it's a membership base. The information, the range, all the things that Amazon showed is is useful with books. Um, it was the same for us. Excellent. Yeah, I, I giggled then because I used to do some work for a for a, a mail order book club, and yeah, that was in the in the mid two thousands, and still. Yeah, the web was a was a forgotten thing. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway, so now you're at Guthy Renker and you've got these seven different brands that you're driving the activity to. Tell us about where where it is right now. So Guthy Renker is uh, about 25 years old. It's set up by uh, Mr. Guthy and Mr. Renker in the USA. It's still privately owned. Um, and it's very much a skincare business. Um, anti-aging, um, acne products, um, cosmetic as well. And it's a direct marketing business. So we're very much based around um, creating memberships, databases, subscriptions. When you order our products, we have exclusivity. They are our products. You can't get them elsewhere. And we offer you a subscription um, to keep receiving the products. Um, so I run Europe um, and from a London headquarters and that takes us into sort of many countries across Europe, although um, the UK is our biggest as it stands. Um, we are ne- nearly 100% online uh, for orders. We have some orders that come in on the telephone, but really it's, it's very much an online business, and, and Magento is the key platform for us. Um, See, I find that on, yeah. quite fascinating because I would have assumed, clearly wrongly, that from a TV ad... So I know you use, you use a lot of TV ads to, to yeah. grow the business. I would have assumed people are picking up the phone. I wouldn't have assumed they were Googling you. Yeah, and that's, um, 
that has changed, obviously, in, in recent years. But the assumption everyone had, when I arrived in 2008, we didn't have websites, um, because the assumption was um, people watching TV, and many of our commercials are half an hour long, um, not all, some are 30 seconds, but the assumption was people would order by phone and you didn't even need the digital side. Um, the, the the second screen element in the room, that has changed everything. And in the UK, the, the love of um, smartphones, tablets, um, has has absolutely revolutionized how we work as a business. I'm sure we'll come on to that in a bit. So um, people want, want immediacy. They have a second screen and they come straight to the website. We've taken the phone number off most of our advertising because they stopped calling. Wow, that's, yeah. uh, that's a brave move. I, I'm in enough conversations these days about should we have a phone number on our website or not? Um, yeah. <laughs> let, let, alone, and, um, let alone should we take it off the TV advert? That's phenomenal. It's, you can be braver when you've got a product in the teen category. Our proactive acne product is, you know, a teen category. We're on, we're advertising on channels like ITVB. Um, they're, you know, they are not, they're not looking to call you. Um, it's a bit different if you're in an anti-aging product. Um, so, you know, you have to take it where the, where the demographic fits. Yes. And, uh, and I guess you're, you essentially are covering every demographic that's got skin just with different brands you're quite right i mean so we end up with the anti-aging brands take us into the 70 plus um so uh, absolutely which is part of the fun of of playing with the media and and um the social media as well it, it is a real range you you cannot just take one of the brands and, and take a learning across all of them i think that's a lot of people will be listening thinking seven different brands with seven different target markets lordy how do they keep track of that but i'm kind of with you it's the uh, having worked, you know, worked across many different businesses at any one point in time, I'm usually working with several. The brilliant thing is I can read any case study of what someone's done, come up with any idea, and I'll be involved with something that can implement it. You know, if yeah. if it's a tactic which won't work for the 70s, but will work for the kids, brilliant. Let's test it on the kids or vice versa. So it yeah. gives you a lot more flexibility to learn and to, to see what's going on in the marketplace. It, it absolutely does. I mean, the, the growth of tablet usage in the over 60s completely surprised us. Um, and, you know, that that's something that we then had to really focus on. So, um, no, you're right. You, you get such learning in such diverse ways. Yeah, it's. Um, I've got several aunts in their 60s and 70s who seem to be addicted to social media because of their iPads. Still yeah, don't know how to use a laptop, but they're... No, you're right. That's exactly the, the demographic we see. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's quite crazy. It okay. Is. So we're on the Magento platform. Do you have any yep. key widgets or plugins you're using on the sites? Um, the, the real key thing, I mean, going back to the direct marketing, measuring conversion orders, the key thing that we have is with our media agency, um, they'll put cookies on the site and they then are able to track the visitors through to their reporting software. Um, so this is quite sophisticated. So when we run an advert, even if it's just 30 seconds long, um, we can see this, the spike um, coming to the site and then we can track those people through uh, obviously not all order some do um, and we can see those who th then convert to place an order and th this is the key thing for us because then we can see the effectiveness of that advert um, and, and when we're running hundreds a day uh, you have to really be able to separate them and, and find the answer um, so so for us the whole business is that's essential to us um, we use Bronto for email, and I found that's been very successful using some of the, the tricks they've got, optimized buttons, 
able to analyze when customers are most likely to open an email, when they're most likely to um, place an order from email. So all of these things, trying to gather data and understanding so that we can then um, improve our effectiveness for our business, those are the most important. Cool. So dropping back a little bit into the, uh, the rep- that reporting software. So do you mm. mean that if you've got a 30 second ad, um, running for sheer cover on yesterday mm-hmm. at four o'clock this afternoon, you can track the response of that on the website? Yes, you can because, and this goes back to the, the second screen element, people will come to the site immediately. And so we, you, it won't, it, obviously you can't do it if people come the next day because it'll get blurred into other ads you're running. But we see the majority of our traffic is um, triggered immediately by, by the ad. Um, so as long as, as long as that continues, you can then pass them back to the original ad. Cool. So it's so the se- whole second screen piece has really helped with your tracking, I guess, because because yeah. the, the, the second screen used to be the notepad that someone would write down on and then yeah. phone you when the program ended, presumably. It is the big. It's the biggest change in the last five years for us. When we first tried to really go into the shorter advertising, thirty, sixty seconds. We had no idea if it was effective um, in terms of individual adverts. We couldn't tell. As I said, people weren't calling in the number, but they were generally wandering in online. Um, and it used to come later in the day. So you couldn't you couldn't place it back. So you couldn't tell if your advert was effective, if you should spend more. And, and the second screen, and every day it's stronger, um, it's completely changed our business. And so we are spending more and more money on the shorter form of advertising because we can actually track it. So now you know that yesterday is the channel to go for or for that brand and E4 is the channel to go for that brand or, you know, whatever the mix is, you can immediately tell because you've got that tracking in place. You can. And you, I mean, we go deeper than that. Um, so you're going into individual programming now. I mean, E4, you, you can get a range of male programming, female programming. And um, because of this, we can now target specific programs within a day part, um, knowing that they're more effective. Uh, more four is a great example on more four you might get time team and then you might next get location 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 two very different demographics um so it, you can go all the way into there yeah wow that must be um that must be absolutely brilliant that actually gives you better data than you get in the direct mail world it it, it does um and uh, it's kind of when i first came to garthi rink in 2008 uh, making the move from a sort of mail order online business um, selling books. People told me, well, you shouldn't go to TV because TV will be dead in a few years because digital will just take <laughs> it over and kill it. And I had to see their point because we didn't have any websites. So clearly there was a sort of a feeling um, that the digital wasn't part of the TV. Um, and that was all the advice I was given. And it was actually the first time I really saw Google Analytics real time and I saw these spikes coming into the site where, say, we had 30 people on the site and the next minute we had 400. Um, that was the real light bulb moment completely uh, because we hadn't been able to measure and track. Um, and now it's actually a very sophisticated business. Um, and it, it, it's what people still don't realize, I think, that on TV you can measure right down to the, um, right the, the, the five-minute window of any advertising or, or commercial so that has changed everything. And suddenly we're, we're, we want digital as much as we possibly can, which is so different from when I arrived. Yeah, that's um, so I guess you can also test different creatives using the same mechanism. 
So you, you can. Now, it, it's, that's where you can't do the AB or ABC testing you can with a mail pack. Obviously, you can't yeah. sort of transmit different. So there, um, you can do it, but you just have to do it in different days or different regions. Um, so it's completely doable, and the results are accurate. Um, you just have to plan it through, um, but it absolutely works. If you want to test offer, uh, duration, you're always wanting to test is 30 seconds more effective than 90. 90 is three times the cost. Do you get three times the, or, uh, the orders? So you can do it. You just need to plan yourself. So within that, you mentioned regions. So you're also targeting the ads based on the different TV regions and able to track that too? It, yes, and, and on, on those, um, it's also a good way if you want to try and get into the really bigger channels, and ITV is obviously going to be the most expensive way of advertising. Uh, but if you start with regions, it becomes affordable. Um, and I've seen that if, if something is successful in, in a region that suits your demographic, you can spread it to the other regions on ITV. So it also gives you that stepping stone to really big volume. Oh, that's Absolutely fascinating. I think I could quite happily talk about that for most of the rest of the day, but I'm going to take a bit of a step back from from TV for a moment there. So uh, can you tell us a bit about the size of the businesses you're working with? Well, I mean, the in the overall, I mean, the U.S. business alone is is turns over well over a billion dollars. So um, we're not quite there in the in Europe yet, and obviously that's what we're working towards. But we will we have um, a database of over a quarter of a million UK customers. So um, we have a, a very sizable database to, to work with. But as always, the new customer is, is the next new customer is the most important, um, and it's it's forever trying to drive that through, and keep it moving forwards. Okay, brilliant. And um, how big of a team have you got to run Europe? So uh, we have a Guthy Renka has a philosophy of of trying to outsource and use experts wherever possible, and that's just the company's sort of view. So um, I only have about twenty twenty five people running the whole of Europe, but then the support agencies. I mean, I have several digital agencies in different disciplines, um, warehouses, call centres, and so on. Um, production houses obviously for the TV so then it spreads into a, a big number but we very much try and keep it simple and, um, in the head office we obviously have the benefit that the US is a very big business I think they probably have a hundred people in digital alone and so we can get so many learnings from the US and they're usually trying things before they've quite reached the UK so we have that benefit as well that I can get a lot of learning um, from the US business. And I suppose the, the US are sorting out the product as well, aren't they? So you're literally just trying to sort out that route to market. You're right. And that's why, you know, if you can then make TV um, effective and, and, and analyze it, that's really the key thing because I'm very lucky. The US create the product. They'll find the celebrities often to um, be in the commercial. Sometimes we do local UK ones as well. But my job is really to to hit the market um, and 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 pinpoint where we can be successful. So the the analytics is key for that. Cool. And um, a couple of questions that just sparked from what you've just said. I know a lot of our listeners um and are about outsourcing call centre and warehousing. And I'm guessing, or certainly if I was in your shoes, I'd be using several in order to be spreading my risk, you know, put one brand here, another brand there. What would be your top tips for someone looking to outsource their warehouse and call centre? What questions should they be asking? Uh, yeah, great question. Um, the, you, you're going to be let down often in a call centre. It, it, it is... Um, 
is so complex and we, we have seven brands and we expect our agents to be able to speak as part of Guthy Renka, to know, to have the knowledge on the brand, um, to that depth, ingredient knowledge. Uh, these, I mean, those are the questions that customers are calling about. Um, you, you, you have to, I mean, you're right, you have to um, spread around your risk. Um, I really would try and try and create um, a, a distinct um, group of agents who only work for you. Um, that's not always possible, but if you can create that, we always try and have a, a, a small part of a big, if it's a big call center, we have a room for ourselves. We brand it Guthy Renko with, with the proactive brands to share cover. We brand it, we give the training, and we really try and ring fence these agents so they, they feel that they are in the Guthy Renko team. Um, they then, you know, they come to our offices, we visit them often. That gives them a sense of identity and it gives them a sense of pride in, in what they're doing and a sense of belief in, in the products and belief that um, the products are of a high quality. For, that is, is absolutely critical um, if you can achieve that. Um, so so that's, that's a lot of effort to put in. So yeah. how do you make sure you're putting it in with the right company? What's your, what's your key criteria or questions for a potential new call center um you you have to ask them how they deal with spikes in traffic in my business because if we run an advert um we will have suddenly a lot of calls not so much now but still you still have those spikes um how they will deal with um um Customer service across the weekend. I think it's you really need to you know, looking at call, call centres who are happy to be 24/7 to 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 be there at the weekends and to and how are they going to del- make sure that staff at the weekend are as um, strong and trained as staff during the week or staff in the in the night time? You push them to to deliver you excellence at all times of the day. How how are they going to recruit new staff? I mean, this is the the issue with staff changing. It's why we really try and have our own staff where we can but how will they find new staff how, how long would it take to train them uh, that's how I would push and push and push because you'll, you'll soon see if the answers are vague or unconvincing um, that you know then there's going to be deeper issues later on so it really is all about understanding their man management and how great the people are who work for them it is. How are they? I mean, how many other? Where would you sit on their client roster? You don't want to be near the bottom in a call centre when when um, peak time comes and there's too many calls. Your calls will be the ones that get dropped. Um, so you do need to find a centre that's the right size for you, um, and that your business matters to them. So that is also part of it. But you're right. You've got to make them uh, care for every call at the same same level as the very best agent delivers. I think you made a really good point there because there is there's a call center for everyone every size of business and some of the people listening will you know they don't need a lot of support but they you know they'll be able to find a smaller business that specializes in small business call centers and then others you know you you don't want to go and buy the blue chip on day one if you're only doing 100 orders a month do you You, you've got to find the right one for you you do and I think if you're going to a small call center you just need to know what if the lines went down? It happens once every two years, maybe. Or, or what if there was a suddenly um, snow and no one could get in? You were the small one. You just need to know what is their alternative. Have they got a second place that can take the calls, um, even if it's only for six hours as an emergency? But I would just caution on it. I agree. I think for small business, a small call center is better to work with. But make sure they've got backup. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess with the really tiny calls, and as long as it's at least being redirected to a mobile phone, it's, yeah. you know, it's That's something. It. Yeah, or, or you can have the ability to at least um, take, take um, details to make callbacks later. If it's only a short crisis, it's only a few hours, you can manage it in many ways. Um, so absolutely, it's, all it needs, though, is some, some proof of crisis management. Cool. And um, my other question from what you were saying earlier was you mentioned celebrity endorsements, which I know is very big for Guthy Renker. So yes, yes. How, how, do you, how do you work out that the celebrity endorsements are worth it, I guess, is the key question. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, in the US, Proactive is, is such a large brand that um, nearly anyone who has had any issues with acne or spots will have used Proactive. And so the, the US is very proud that they can say that every Proactive celebrity ambassador was a customer first. Um, and that, that's really the, the ethos we try to have. Um, we only really want to work with celebrities who are customers first, who use the product first, and quite possibly approached us um, because the product had such an effect. Um, the, 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 there is no need to have celebrities. You don't have to have them. They do give you cut through, particularly in short ads. Um, the key, though, is the credibility. Um, often I've run adverts with customer testimonials and you, you see the before and after, the effect the product had, and you can see the profound effect it had on the, their life and their confidence. And, and quite often a customer can deliver the credibility just as well and, the, and better than a celebrity. So the flip side is we've had many celebrities who, when it came to filming, could, could not deliver that passion and credibility about the product. And at that point we knew it wasn't going to work. Um, so unless they uh, really believe in the product, you probably won't get your money back. And often, the, if I take American celebrities, quite often in the UK, we'll take ones that aren't famous over here, because, but because of their story, whether it's anti-aging or, or, or acne scars or whatever, because their story is convincing, even though they're not famous in the UK, the advert works very well. Um, so I would just say, make sure the person truly believes in your product, truly uses the product. Then you have a great chance. If you can use people who have um, been used to presenting in any form, then you have a, a, probably a better chance of the filming going well. Um, it is always harder. It's quite often harder with um, actors who have only ever uh, said other people's words rather than prevent, uh, presented on TV. Anyone who's worked on live television is usually excellent. They have such composure and such ability um, to deal with live filming. So there, there is a lot to it. You don't need a celebrity, but if they truly believe in your brand, then you get the cut through of their fame on, on the short form commercials and you get the credibility. I think that's such good advice. Just to just to consolidate what you were saying there, I took two key things from that. One is that celebrities are great for cut through, but they've got to be able to do it and they've got to be, um, uh, what's the word, authentic yeah. in that they use the product and they actually get it. And that actually it's the authenticity, which is where the power comes from. Hence, a good te customer testimonial can be worth more than a celebrity mm. who can't cut it on the, on the screen. Absolutely yeah. right. It is. It's absolutely true. Okay, brilliant. We've covered an awful lot about what's what's going on at the moment. But just to, to really focus in on that, what do you think is the most awesome thing about the business right now? So it's the, it's the, the journey between TV and digital. I mean, I, I'm lucky I have 
high-quality products. We have exclusive products, which gives such an advantage that we can control. It's not easy to find our products across the web with other sales outlets. So that's great. I always have that. But the the path of TV and digital is fascinating. Um, Having come from a place where TV wasn't really looking at digital, we now have this quite nice sort of symbiotic relationship. But you can also see that digital is spreading so, so fast and and, and so quickly. Um, The exciting part is how how can we harness the power of the digital side, which is social media, uh, reviews, competitive products and how can we harness that and still have the the power that the tv the tv brings the volume that it brings uh, and the awareness it brings um, and so that that's the, the challenge for me is is really trying to, uh, to the excitement is trying to work out where is the customer going and what is the customer expecting is the expectations from the customer are higher and higher and higher it would only be probably five years ago that we might be taking 10 days to deliver a product um, to you. It's an impossible uh, impossible position. So that's what makes it great. It does make it challenging, but it's what makes it great. It makes it interesting. I have high quality products, exclusive products, and I have a, a business that is evolving so quickly in the digital sphere. And I have to try and get that so that it comes together with my other channels. So I'm guessing that evolution is both in terms of customer perception from delivery and how they're starting to behave, but also the technology that sits behind it. So it's kind of the two-pronged part? It is. I mean, my, I've got to really try and find the, the way to acquire customers digitally, even if they've never heard of the brand or never seen the TV commercial. The TV commercial is very handy for us because we can show before and after. We can show how the product, the efficacy of the product, and achieving that in a snapshot in digital, finding those niches, um, bloggers who support it. So you use digital to create new customers from scratch. That That's the real important step for, for my business going forward. So... I hope you may or may not be able to answer this question, but so what percentage of your new customers come from TV and which are coming from other marketing methods? Um, Frustratingly, we still see the majority from TV. um, And that's, um, it's kind of inevitable because of the amount of uh, experience and the amount of money we spend on TV. Um, Obviously the the digital um, sort of led acquisition that grows and grows, but at the moment it's still in the minority, and that's that's the key challenge for the business: is how how do you do that? Uh, how do you make that work when you only have a fraction of the time that TV normally gives you? So, do you think the reason TV is so strong is because that's where your focus has been, and therefore the challenge yeah. is to mi- to find something that works in the digital space to then grow acquisition in there? Yes, you're right. I mean, we you know we as a business. We sort of led um, the move to infomercial. This is a long time ago now, 25 years ago. But we we decided to create the most high-quality infomercials with with high-profile celebrities. When you invest so much into TV, it, in that in that guise, it becomes your sort of your the centre force of your company. Um, and so, what we're really trying to do now is hire people with without TV experience, with digital um, experience, hire people you know straight from university to try and take us to to that market and bring and move the company. So that, that and that's quite a challenge because for 20 years. We have been a TV-driven company. Which, 
I, I totally get that, you know, a, t- a, a business can become immersed in, in a route to market in a business model. But given, you know, the model of outsourcing, you would think from the outsider's perspective, it would be quite easy for Guthy Renker to change that culture because you're hiring the expertise in those fields. But actually, it just goes to show, you know, never underestimate how much the culture and the, the the brain of the business needs to be taken on the journey as well as simply the decision of we're going to to put some effort into digital it's it's that hr piece is very important isn't it it, it is and, and if you think about it i mean we create all this wonderful content for the for tv but until recently we weren't creating any bespoke content for digital the digital had to just feed off and you could see why if we're spending a lot of money creating tv content we had the view that digital could just um, edit and parcel up little fractions of this. But then it, then it just appeared to be a, a very much a butchered TV commercial shown on digital. And so only now are we creating digital-only own, uh, digital pieces. So um, it, it, it does take time to change a company. It's been a very successful company as well to really believe that what's changing is, is truly happening to you, even if your company is successful. It's been a successful company for a long time. So changing it in a big way um, takes a bit of a leap of faith. It does. And have you, um, just an idea, which I'll tell you now before I forget, have you um, come across Meerkat and Periscope? Uh, I have Meerkat. Tell me about Periscope. Periscope is fairly similar to Meerkat. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they're both essentially for those everyone who's listening. They are live video broadcast channels, um, and it just seems really you know with your customer base who subscribe and all the rest of it, and the customer testimonies and everything else to be having kind of behind the scenes periscopes and meerkats of video shoots could be quite cool. But, yeah, you're right. That's the kind of thing that obviously we're trying to achieve. Cool. Um, right. Next question then. Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting excited by the possibilities now. I'm forgetting of my job as host. <laughs> um, what's on your radar and to-do list right now? Um, oh, gosh, that's a big question, isn't it? Um, we've talked, obviously, the, the need to move the business to, a, to the digital-led business. Um, for, for me also, I've got to, um, particularly on social media, um, I have to try and make a convincing um, and engaging play in the social media. At the moment, the social media can quite easily for us become um, a customer service tool, um, which is fine for the customers we've got, but trying to actually make it an engaging tool for customers we haven't um, is, 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 is critical for us. Um, trying to uh, work with bloggers, um, influencers, these are all things that when you're a big, big sort of TV company, trying to trying to become nimble like that um, is definitely a key challenge for us. The other thing is we're a subscription company. So you, you get an introductory offer and then every 90 days um, you, you get our exclusive product again unless you choose to um, decline. Um, and making that model uh, relevant in, in the modern t- in modern times is, is 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 critical for us. We we have to make sure that the product is a, is um, as a, is effective and and has the value that being on a subscription um, 
is actually seen as valuable by the customer um, and that that be, become and the the playing field or the expectation of the customer it rate it just increases all the time the the flexibility that they want um, we have to keep moving to keep up with that and that's partly um, the way we look at it but partly also systems must keep um, developing so that we can customize to any request a customer has just a few things on the to-do list in that case then <laughs> well that's that's it we we are a business from a very successful platform established in the 90s and we have you have to keep moving it along yeah the challenge of of adaptation and and working out what to take advantage of and i suppose being such a big company it's not like you can do a little test somewhere because as you know social media is just so visible yeah. Like a lot of us, you know, we can just try, we'll just see what happens there. You know, we'll just test it out, see what happens. But anything you do is going to get a certain amount of visibility and press. So it's, it, it kind of makes it harder to, to adapt to those social media areas. It, it does. And, and, and anything we do like that, if um, with a celebrity, of course, that brings press as well. So you, you, re- you really have to try and deliver the highest standard to the customer because you, you will find yourself caught out otherwise. Yeah. Um, okay, that's been brilliant. And I, I know there's already been lots and lots and lots of top tips, but we're now going to move into the top tips round. And okay. I love, I love, love, love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Phil, are you ready for these quick fire top tips? Go for it. Okay. Brilliant. So first up, your book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, what book would you recommend? I'm going to be contrary here. Um, there are so many fantastic books on business, um, on people, uh, inspirational leaders. Um, but if you want to make your business better on Friday, uh, read the emails you get from your customers. Read what your customers are saying in social media. Um, you will learn so much more about your business and be able to make quick changes from what your customer is telling you. That is brilliant advice. Um, thank you for that. And we, we like a contrary answer here. So, okay, good. so you're fine. You're, you, you won't be, you know, put in the black book or anything. Great. Uh, next, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? What is your number one traffic generation tip? Um, it's urgency with exclusivity for us. So a lot of this is TV driven, I admit. But when I say urgency, we are forever creating a campaign with an end. So ends tomorrow, ends today, um, and it has to be true, um, and it can't be something that will then appear again next week, and you obviously need exclusivity, because if your campaign ends, but someone else is also running it, that's not going to help you, but if you have um, anywhere something promoting ends tomorrow, ends today, um, and someone else, you can't get it anywhere else, you will see your traffic drive enormously up. So it's an honest, urgent call to action. Honest, urgent call to action. I like that. And I think not not enough people focus on a really good call to action. Uh, you know, get get obsessed with the method rather than necessarily the message. Uh, absolutely. And and the, the volume you, you can gain from simply having that is, 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 is enormous compared to all the other things that we try and um, refine. Excellent. Thank you. And next up, the tool top tip. This might be a team collaboration tool, social media plugin, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little widget you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? 
For us, the, the amount of information the U.S. has um, in terms of test results, plans, projects, um, is just wonderful and fascinating and inspiring as you look into it. So for me, it's, uh, it's Box.com, which is really uh, a file transfer uh, method. Um, but there, the U.S. are very, you know, they're very good. They, they show everything that they're doing in the future, and we can just access it day in, day out on Box.com. Oh, excellent. I mean, I, I love the box.com tool and we'll definitely put that one up on the website. I think it's also worth saying that even if you don't have a parent company in the US doing lots of great things, anyone can be watching other companies in their sector to learn from them as well. So it's definitely something we can all, we can all be trialing. Um, next up is the startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? So I would I would say start small and measure. So uh, give yourself a chance uh, of actually delivering to the customer. So start start at a size that you can actually um, control and cope with, and measure. Find ways of measuring the effectiveness of what you're doing, the the cost of every order, the return on that investment. You, you have to have that in order to know where to invest next and where to grow. And with that, you must have your operations and your customer service side. Um, able to cope with the size that you are and as you grow you must keep um, adapting that because if you can't deliver the operations and the customer service then that that will overwhelm you excellent advice uh master plan world you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash proactive uh and one final top tips question if your business didn't exist which e-commerce business would you like to be running uh, I've had a soft spot for a while for nakedwines.co.uk. Uh, I do like wine. Um, I'm a membership marketer. I've always been in that in that uh, sphere. And there, as a member, you get exclusivity in terms of uh, you can get to independent winemakers. There's an enormous amount of information. There's offers uh, and there's opinion. So all, all members can express an opinion and ratings. And for me, this is the perfect kind of membership um, online experience where you get experts and you get people like me who can just offer a rating and opinion and you can learn from each other. I have to say, I they really do take the whole membership subscription piece to another level. So yeah, yeah. I, I get why you'd, why you'd want to work at that one. Um, right, Phil, what a fascinating chat. It's been a pleasure to spend time with you today to discover how you're driving your online-only e-commerce businesses. Before we say goodbye, would you like to remind listeners how they can find you and your businesses on the web and social media? Absolutely. So um, guthyrenker.co.uk is the portal that um, demonstrates all our brands. And from there, you can then um, you can go into into individual brands and also if particularly on Proactive, which is the Acne brand and is this of our leading digital brand, um, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Just type Proactive. You'll find it very easily. Excellent. Thank you. And We'll add links to all of that and everything else we've talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash proactive or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Phil, thank you for being on the Ecommerce Masterplan podcast today and for being so generous sharing your experience with us. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Brilliant. Catch you all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.